Hello and welcome to the Lancet podcast. Richard Lane here on Friday, October the 23rd. This week we're focusing on the obesity drug liraglutide, linked to a phase 2 placebo-controlled randomized trial published online on thelancet.com today, Friday, October the 23rd, which will appear in a future print issue of the journal. Let's hear from the lead author of the study, Dr. Arnie Ustrup, no stranger to the Lancet podcast, from the University of Copenhagen in Denmark. And Dr. Astrup asked me to mention his conflict of interests, all of which are detailed in the research article. He is on an advisory committee for the drug company who are developing the obesity drug in question, Laragitide. Dr. Astrup, many thanks indeed for talking to The Lancet. You're the lead author of a study we're publishing online today, Friday, October the 23rd, and this concerns the obesity drug, Laragitide. Before we go into the details, obviously the whole issue of obesity is always topical. Where are we epidemiologically in terms of what trends we're seeing now? We know obesity has been a problem in some Western populations for a while, but it's not just as simple as that anymore, is it? In the Western world, or you can say in our part of the world, there's no doubt about that... Um that the obesity epidemic uh, has reached some quite high levels where 20 to 35% of the adult population is affected where they actually have obesity. It also looks like that it has leveled off, so it's not really increasing that rapidly anymore. And in many countries, it seems to be stable now. In the U.S., I think it's around 34% of the population. In the U.K., 25%. And in the Scandinavian countries, it seems to be about 15%. There are even trends that that the prevalence have started to decline slightly in Sweden, in Switzerland, at least among among, uh, some younger age groups. At least there are some some good news. But on the other hand, we have now, if, if a quarter to a third of the adult population are obese, when they're aging, we, we see more and more complications to the obesity. So it definitely increases the prevalence of type 2 diabetes, which is a quite serious condition. And there are many, many other uh, conditions. And recently in the Lancet, there, there was a great paper on the risks of obesity and how much the life expectancy is actually reduced by overweight and obesity. So we have a huge proportion of the population who is now meeting the health service uh, because they have developed these complications and there's a huge need for for management of, of obesity and its complications. This drug, Laragitide, which we're about to talk about, quite a lot in the medical literature about it. Just generally, what's the situation with the licensing of obesity drugs at the moment in different countries? Can you just Give us a picture of that. Currently, we have essentially two different drugs licensed in, in Europe and also in the United States and the rest of the world, more or less. And that is all is that that uh, is a drug that inhibits the breakdown and absorption of the dietary fat, so some of the fat is increased excreted with the stools. That is available as a uh, prescription compound, but also over the counter in, in Europe and the US under with a lower dosage. It's producing a weight loss of a couple of kilos over three to six months more than placebo and diet. So it's just giving a, an additional benefit. So the other drug is a centrally acting cybutramine, which is uh, reducing the appetite and reducing food intake on a sense by a central mechanism. These two drugs are essentially what we have. 
The problem, you can say, is that the efficacy, the weight loss they produce is not dramatic. Of course, if you have an excessive body weight of 10 kilos, a diet and exercise can maybe give you five or six. And if you add one of these compounds, it might end up at 10% reduction. And that, of course, is extremely important in terms of the health benefits. More and more uh, of the obese people actually have an excessive body fat of 20 to 50 kilo. And and uh, most of them are actually getting uh, bariatric surgery or gastric bypass. We would like to to offer them a, a management uh, or treatment options that involve a combination of diet and exercise and a drug. And at the moment, we have the problem that the drugs currently available, that the efficacy is, is not that enormous. And at the same time, there are some side effects reducing the opportunities to use them. For example, Orlistat is causing... Uh, due to its mechanism of action that has steatorrhea and, and the diarrhea and the abdominal discomfort. And that that is, limits the, the acceptability by the patients, whereas uh, with cybutramin, it's well accepted by the patients, but it have uh, might increase blood pressure in, uh, in a subset of the populations and, and also increase heart rate. And that is a concern because obese patients, many of them have an increased uh, risk of cardiovascular disease anyway, and if they have type 2 diabetes in particular, that limits the, the use of these compounds. And so we are definitely searching for, for compounds with a mechanism of action that is maybe more natural or more targeted, uh, some of the regulatory systems controlling energy balance and body weight, and hopefully without uh, serious adverse events. Which brings us neatly to the current study, and this is a placebo-controlled randomized trial looking at the different concentrations of the drug loragutide. What's the new approach here? Because loragutide has already been shown to be efficacious, hasn't it, in some populations. Do you want to just tell us about the, the main aims of this current study? Loragutide is essentially a modified gut uh, peptide or gut hormone, GLP-1, which is a naturally occurring a hormone that is released from the small intestine when food is entering the small intestine. And it's doing two things. One is uh, stimulating the pancreas to produce more insulin. That's good for those who have a tendency or already a, a full-blown type 2 diabetes. And the other effect is that it's working on the brain and probably also on, on the, the ventricle to slow down uh, gastric emptying. And on the brain, it's producing satiety. So the, the first of these actions is taking advantage for the development of, of uh, drugs for type 2 diabetes because the stimulation of insulin is something that the postprandial stimulation of, of insulin is beneficial for, for type 2 diabetics. Whereas for the reduction of body weight, the other effects on the brain and on, on the gastric emptying are, are beneficial. But the problem with this uh, gut uh, peptide is that its, its half-life is only a minute or so, so it's rapidly eliminated from the bloodstream. It means that you cannot give that to patients because it's only working for minutes. What the company have done is to modify the molecule so it have now a half-life of several hours. So it means it, it only needs to be taken uh, once daily. But the new thing with this uh, trial we have done is that we have tested it for its 
weight reducing abilities in a non-diabetic obese population. Here we can show that it's actually quite effective to reduce body weight in a dose-dependent manner. I see. So as you say, the non-diabetic population is, if you like, the new approach here. Just briefly run through the methodology and the key results. We treated 560 individuals in a 20-week trial they all received uh, diet and exercise with energy restriction and, and slightly increase in exercise. And so they were randomly uh, assigned to different doses of liraglutide, actually four different doses, or to placebo. And as an active comparator, we also had the, the drug Orlistat given. And it was organized in a way so it's uh, doubled, dummy, blinded, so the patients couldn't really know what they were receiving. But, you, but as investigators, you knew what they were receiving, so they could be using Orlistat or Laragotide or receiving placebo. Yeah, exactly. Essentially, what we found was that after these 20 weeks, that there was a, a, a quite nice weight loss in, in all groups. Uh, the placebo group lost about 3, 4 kilos, but uh, with the increasing doses of, of Laragotide, there was a, an, an also an increasing Weight loss. With the highest dose of liraglutide, 3 milligrams once daily, the weight loss was 7.2 kilo, whereas in the placebo group it was only 2.8 kilo and, and 4 kilo in the Orlistat group. So apart from showing that it's better than placebo, it also showed that it was the highest doses were actually better than Orlistat. And the side effect profile is different. And Dr. Astrup, can you just outline the issues to do with side effects, nausea and vomiting, particularly important issue in this area of study? It's a kind of inherited in the mechanism of action that when you are producing more satiety by working on the brain and on the stomach, uh, if you is a little more sensitive to the effect, it will, or if you get too much of the drug, it will turn out satiety will will become uh, nausea and eventually uh, vomiting. So uh, it's quite obvious that this is a very frequent side effect. Fortunately, it's dose-related. So, you know, if a patient experiences, it seems to go away after some weeks of treatment. And if it's sustained or if, if it's serious, it's quite simple to reduce the, the dosage. So I don't see this really as, a, um, as something that is in any way serious. But um, because generally it's mild, it's, it's, you know, nausea is okay. Of course, it can be unpleasant, but, but it's not really a, a threat to the patient. I'm quite relaxed about that. But of course, there might be other uh, side effects or adverse events that, that uh, you don't pick up with a study of only 550. And even though that this drug has been tested in thousands of type 2 diabetics, this is a, a different population, not diabetic obese. So, of course, we need to see if there are any more serious adverse events in, in the phase 3 trials involving several thousand of, of non-diabetic obese patients. On top of the, the weight loss, I think it's also interesting to see that in, in somewhat in contrast to, uh, for example, cybutramine that have the where there is a risk that the patient's blood pressure and heart rate is going up. We can also see that there was the opposite effect here because liraglutide actually decreased blood pressure. Of course, with a weight loss, you would normally expect a reduction in heart rate and blood pressure and all the other risk factors of cardiovascular disease. This is actually not what we are seeing with most of the compounds, either on the market or, or in the pipeline. So clearly a very strong result here, particularly for higher concentrations of liraglutide. What does that mean now for 
the possible extensions of the use, the licensing use of this drug, given that you've found a strong result in a non-diabetic population? This is a phase two study, which means that normally uh, you will need to run a full phase three program with thousands of patients being treated for a year or two in different settings. I'm quite confident that the company will now uh, move this compound into phase three for the obesity indication. Of course, we'll need to take it from there and see how it it turns out. But also for the the treatment of obese type 2 diabetes, I think this is uh, extending our knowledge that it's it's clearly showing that in higher doses that liracotide have the uh, ability to produce a quite substantial weight loss. So it might also have the implication that that for the approved indication type 2 diabetes, that maybe even a higher dosage as we're using in this trial might be beneficial for the obese type 2 diabetics. So I think it's generally a a promising avenue. The one drawback of results like this where you can see the benefit of a drug to treat something like obesity in terms of primary prevention in terms of public health it's it can be become a complicated message or interpretation of a message because there can be this perception that obesity can be treated by a drug which could therefore by implication make people see the onus of eating more sensibly and taking exercise as less of a priority if there's a drug around that can help them with obesity. So it does represent potentially a difficult problem for public health, doesn't it? Yeah, but uh, I think, of course, we need to be aware that, that this compound, first of all, it will be on prescription. Secondly, it's a daily injection. So moving from taking tablets to taking injections, I think is something that, that will create some considerations from the patients and their doctors. So it's not, you know, something you would take as a first step simply because you have some cosmetic overweight or you have a very uncomplicated uh, obesity. So I think it it really needs a patient who has some pre-diabetes or or some other important risk factors that is linked to insulin resistance because we know, you know, polycystic ovary syndrome and many others of the complications that are associated with obesity, it looks like insulin resistance and the disturbed glucose metabolism with prediabetes is a is inherited part of these syndromes. So I see many avenues where it, it might show up that we could use this class of, of drugs for treatments, but I think for using it for the un- uncomplicated obesity is probably not where it, it will end up. I think it's probably also something to do with the pricing. I, I feel that this will not be a, a, an inexpensive compound and uh, with reimbursement and so on, it's completely unclear at the moment. So I don't think there's a, a, a high risk that it will be abused by uh, less overweight and uncomplicated obese patients. Great. Well, it's a very interesting topic. We're clearly going to hear a lot more about it. And of course, we await phase three results from this Lurangitide trial with interest. Dr. Ani Astrup, it's a pleasure once again to be talking to you. Many thanks indeed for talking to The Lancet. You're welcome, Richard. Many thanks to Dr. Ani Astrup and to you all for listening. See you next week.